This week, we're going to change things up and talk about some of our favorite publishers. We're going to kind of delve deep into what these publishers do, what kind of games they make, and just talk about the publishers in general. So enough of the details, let's roll the dice and get this episode started. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ricky. And this week we are indeed talking about publishers. Yeah. Who are you talking about today, <laughs> Ashley? I'm talking about uh, Renegade Game Studios. I'm going to be talking about Simon. Simon. Because I Come know on. with like um, Renegade Games, I know I have talked about a lot of them and. I know you've talked about some of them too, right? Yeah, I've talked about some Renegade and I've talked about some Simon games. Yeah, I think I've talked about like one or two. I would say Simon and Renegade are some of like the top people that you know you're yeah. gonna find. Yeah. Top tier. Top tier that and it's on the tip of my tongue. Asmodi. Asmodi, yeah. Yeah. Asmodee, they're kind of becoming one of those people where they're just, like, buying all the companies, and they're just kind of like a parent publisher, but they're not actually publishing Publishing. all the games specifically. Yeah, and I know people online have been, like, fairly upset that Asmodee is buying up some of the publishers because then they sort of drop if the publisher was, like, replacing game pieces or if you're missing one, they would send one to you, that sort of thing, and then Asmodee just kind of stops that, Mm. and so people get, like, upset and frustrated, and I don't know if it's, like, directly attributed to Asmodee or if it's just, Mm. like, they're they were already slowly not doing that, and then Asmodee bought them, and then they just flat out stop. I'm not really sure. I don't know, but that's kind of not cool, because we've actually had some decent luck, but also bad luck at the same time, because we've actually had quite a few games come with, like, missing pieces, mm-hmm. or missing cards, or messed up cards, or something. Mm-hmm. But So that's the unlucky part. The lucky part was we just contact the publishers and they're like oh yeah we'll send it out right away yeah because i know like for the publishers sometimes depending on the game they obviously don't want to like break open a bunch of games for pieces but like i can imagine they have like a couple of games like in their offices that they just sort of pull pieces out of as people need them i mean i wouldn't even be surprised if they specifically run extras Oh, yeah. During during production, just Mm -hmm. so they have pieces to make up for stuff like that. Yeah, I will say I've been... I don't have, like, a whole lot of games. Like, I think I maybe have, like, half as many games as you. But I've somehow managed to not have missing pieces or damaged pieces for, like, games that are still in production. Because, like, obviously I have older games. Like, I have one of the, like, 
Pokemon Master Trainer board games that they obviously are not making anymore that I am missing some pieces for, but we just sort of play it without them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's been a couple games where we got it where like the the print on like a card was messed up or the color was just like super way off mm. on like one card. And then we've had a couple games where like mental blocks, which I got recently, was missing like five cards from one puzzle. Jeez. So like I I always seem to get like the defective ones. Yeah, really. Jeez. Yeah, I don't and maybe it's just um some of the games I have I don't maybe play it enough to notice, but I can't say I've I've noticed any noticeably defective pieces. I will say on my ticket to ride, it's probably just like I don't think it's a needed piece, but like one of one of the colors of the trains, it's like a little nub of a train. It's not a full train. Oh. <laughs> but I think I you guess don't... you would count like how many full trains you have, and maybe it was just like a little extra yeah, plastic piece. That's what I think it is. But I'm like that's that's the most I've noticed with my games, yeah. and besides like normal wear and tear on games. Yeah, no, we've we've definitely opened them up like sealed boxes and had stuff missing. So <laughs> fun times, but yeah, the publishers have usually been pretty good about replacing that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's so. good because yeah, I've I've been lucky enough I haven't needed to, but I've had I've heard some horror stories about people who have not been able to contact publishers about it or receive responses or anything like that. So. Which is kind of unfortunate because you'd think, like, with a company, you want people to come back and buy your things. And so a good way to get loyalty is to take care of your customers, really. So yeah. yeah. Replace those parts. Yeah, there there is that aspect of it. And then there is the aspect of, well, if you're, you know, missing pieces or you have damaged pieces, either you buy a whole new copy yourself or you find somebody who's willing to give up their copy sort of thing. It's like, that's an awful way to go about it. It's kind yeah. of a money-grubby way. Rude. So naughty. Well, do you want to start talking about Renegade or should I start talking about Simon? Uh, I can start talking about renegade game studios so i do have just a little bit of notes on them so they were founded in 2014 by scott gaeta i think is how it's pronounced who is also the founder and former coo of cryptozoic entertainment so i found that pretty interesting they are based i believe in san diego California. I thought it was interesting that the the founder of Renegade also founded Cryptozoic. He was also, I believe, an owner of a board game store for a while before deciding to get into the publishing aspect. Yeah, that that's definitely interesting because like I feel like Cryptozoic does some ha have some of their own games, but for the most part they just buy like rights to things and then make games based off of things yeah and then renegade is kind of like completely opposite like all their stuff is pretty much original stuff yeah so I that's kind of interesting 
I do know because like I did notice that like Cryptozoic has a lot of like rights to games like I know they have the rights to what is like the DC deck builders and a lot of the deck builder type games mm-hmm. um, and I wonder if Scott had c- contacts with people because Renegade also has rights to Power Rangers yeah, he's, he must just have all the connections. Yeah, so, like, yeah, Renegade definitely has some of their own rights to different things, like a, a notable one being Power Rangers. Oh, and Scott Pilgrim. They have the rights oh, to Scott yeah. Pilgrim. Yeah. I'm flipping through. I have my little booklet because I just bought a expansion to a Renegade Games. <laughs> <laughs> they always put these yeah. little these little booklets in there yeah, I feel like Cryptozoic's got like all the DC and like Rick and Morty and mm-hmm. Adventure Time and I feel like they have a couple other things too yeah but yeah I can't find at least in my little booklet I can't find any more besides like Power Rangers and Scott Pilgrim but uh, Renegade does have it uh, what's it called it's like Power Rangers something grid I think but I haven't played the game. I've seen it. It comes with minis. The minis look pretty darn cool if you're into Power Rangers and minis. The game is on the more expensive side because the minis are big and they look pretty detailed. The game itself, I, I've i seen it sort of played or like explained. It seems a little bit clunky, but they did make... It's a game I haven't like a style I haven't seen before so I'd I'd say they definitely they didn't like slap a theme on a game already made so your Power Rangers protecting Angel City from what are they called the the like the goo men or something like that dude it's been so long since I've watched anything Power Rangers Jason started randomly rewatching Power Rangers I have no idea why I caught him watching because they had like a new movie a couple years ago i think a new power rangers movie and he just decided to watch that and then because of that off and on he just he pulls up old power rangers so that's <laughs> some nostalgia it's for you super cheesy if you haven't seen it in a hot minute like crazy cheesy but i do know the game is like just kind of that and it seemed a little bit clunky and there's a lot of pieces to it but if you're like super into power rangers i know there's not a ton of power rangers stuff out there that that's a game that exists for power rangers renegade also has a ton of tabletop rpgs i've played some of them i own one of them (laughs) uh kids on bikes is probably one of my favorite newer rpg um, and they have a couple of, it's the same mechanic, so they have, uh, like, Teens in Space, or, like, Kids on Brooms, which are pretty much what they sound like. The Kids on Brooms is, like, the magical school sort of thing, and then Teens in Space is sci-fi-y, and then Kids on Bikes is a a mystery, but it's a very, very heavy improv game, so generally the GM is, like, building the story as you're playing because he bases the story off of the player's rumors sort of thing or he can use those rumors to help fuel the story 
but it's it's really easy to pick up yeah like rpg yeah, I, w- I would say kids on bikes has like that stranger things yeah feel to it if you really like stranger things they do have like a powered character deck like so if you want to introduce like an 11 to your kids on bike game they have what they call a powered character deck and they give different powers and abilities and personalities because generally the way that the powered characters work is that each player has agency over them so not one person is playing the powered character it's kind of a shared character so that way not one person is overpowered sort of thing which is kind of fun although and then i think they made the the kids on brooms is because everybody's like well i want to be special (laughs) right we all want to have powers yeah but that's that's a really fun one to get into and they have all sorts of like little things that you can get with that like sort of series that rpg um they have overlight which i did play a little bit of it is kind of like an other world kind of game and it's called overlight because the world that you're in is like a layered world and so there's like the top layer of the world and then um, there's like a bottom layer of the world and each layer has its own sort of like um, races and cities and that sort of aspect and it's it's hard to explain because it's very sci-fi-y, but I wouldn't say it's, like, futuristic. It's definitely its own sort of world. There's another RPG, so we should probably just talk about RPGs someday. Yeah, I know, uh, right? I, for- I forget what it's called. I think it's, like, Fractured something. Mm-hmm. I think I told you guys about it before, and it mostly runs on D6s. which i thought was interesting and it's kind of like sci-fi but fantasy like mushed together and it's like a it's not an apocalyptic it's post-apocalyptic so it's like after the apocalypse and like societies are being rebuilt at that point kind of yeah but you can you can go into space but like the the characters look kind of like more fantasy-ish like there's cat people kind of like you're in your D stuff and there are alien races mm-hmm. so it, i feel like it's kind of like a a mush of the two so it's definitely interesting but we'll, we'll yeah yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have probably an episode de- dedicated to just rpgs um and one i just wanted to mention it yeah the alice is missing is is a silent text-based one so that one would be fun to play like online i think yeah that could be really easy to play online i think i think the only thing is you everybody has to have each other's number like that's the only oh thing. yeah could you not use like a different messaging app though mm, i'm sure you could probably use discord like a discord message like private separately. message as long as you could private message probably probably yeah so yeah hmm. i th- i mean if you want to text people you just have to make sure everybody has each other's number but if you're playing with like strangers or people you don't really know yeah Maybe use like skype or discord or mm-hmm. even facebook if you're friends with everybody on facebook yeah yeah messenger just stay safe out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah like 
I've talked about a ton of the Renegade games. You've talked about some of them, like Clank or Clank in Space, and they have like a ton, a ridiculous amount of expansions for it. We just picked up the expansion for Eternal Chronicles of the Throne. I know I talked about that one recently, and we went to a board game store and found out that they have an expansion for it. So we picked that one up. We have not played it yet. It adds a market, like another market, like a actual item buying market, if that makes sense. And it's a dick building game, so you're already buying cards, but <laughs> it adds another type yeah. of market. <laughs> and one of the early games I talked about, Ex Libris where you're curating a library and then they have i know i've talked about fuse and flatline the dice rolling game that's on a timer it's co-op or single player which i appreciate a weird game that i don't have that they do have for renegade is called clip cut parks and it's instead of a roll and write it's a cutting game so you, the game comes with like little safety scissors and you are cutting out pieces of paper to like make a park. Like I'm a little bit fuzzy on the details because I demoed it when they were just sort of getting ready to release it. And I know a lot of people had concerns about the fact that the game came with scissors, even though they are like children's safety scissors. So I don't know how much they changed before actually sending it out to production. You know, they did come out with it, so. <laughs> but it was it was interesting and it was different. And I actually liked the game, but it was it was different because you were cutting paper with scissors. So I would say that it made it like more limited. Yeah, and like roll and write games, you can kind of like um laminate the papers and like use dry erase markers or something on them instead or some of them come laminated like yeah I know, um like railroad ink the boards are laminated mm -hmm. and it comes with dry erase so well. like you just reuse them yeah but you can't so. do that in a cutting game so maybe that's why right. i just had that thought but it was different uh, i know i've talked about fox in the forest the uh trick-taking game and then they have the sequel, which is the duet, which is a co-op version. Haven't I have not played that one, so I have no idea how that works. But I do know it is uh, the Fox in the Forest and the duet are fairly popular. Those are two-player games, so you can only play it with two people. You can't play a single player. You can't play it with three people. So, and a game that I haven't talked about at all is lanterns it's actually one of my favorite renegade games it's i one of the first ones i got i think because i enjoyed it so much lanterns is so good it they is. even have a lanterns dice yes they do i have no idea how that plays so lanterns dice is kind of like a roll and write version of lanterns oh. another game that they make that i've really liked playing that i have not talked about and that i probably will someday is lotus mm. and it's, it's lotus yeah it's not one i own i would say it's of a similar aesthetic to lanterns 
it's not at all the yeah. same game, but I would say it has sort of the same vibe. It's, it's pretty chill. I feel like the flowers are kind of more on the realistic side, but then like the little bug tokens you get are more of like the, on the cartoony side. So it's yeah. kind of like a mix of styles a little bit. Yeah. But it it can be really pretty. It yeah. You have oh them my out gosh, on, yes. on the table. And then I did talk about I think just a little bit Scott Pilgrim's precious little card game that I hated. <laughs> But I only played like a tiny smidge of it because we we had a hard time understanding the rules. So it's one I want to like get back to and try again. But I don't own it and nobody else I know owns it because we were just playing a demo copy of it. And I do know Renegade also has like a Scott Pilgrim miniatures game. But I think it's kind of hard to find. It's um, But the minis in it seem really cool. I have no idea how it works. I just know they have a miniatures game <laughs> for Scott Pilgrim. Did Renegade do the one spelling game? Spell Smashers. Oh, I I think they do, actually. Yeah, I just I pulled it up. They did. Like, I, I'm like, I know we have quite a few Renegade games, and I thought that was one. Like, as you're, like, talking about games, I'm thinking of the Guard Tower. Um, oh, like, yeah, like, what's in if there? If I can uh, imagine the renegade section and like where yeah. i've pulled games from <laughs> that was from that area and i'm pretty sure smells spell smashers was from that yeah area. i totally forgot that renegade also publishes icarus the uh oh yeah the storytelling game where you like do stack they do, the like, dice. a huge variety oh my gosh yes and i think that's that's one of the things i like about renegade and that's why I have so many games from is they have such a variety of them and they're all really good games from what mm-hmm. I can tell. Like I've noticed that Renegade for the most part does try really hard to publish games that are really solid, I think. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I haven't obviously, it, I haven't tried all of their games, but I think there's been like zero to very few that we've tried and we just didn't like. Like Renegade has really good games. Yeah, because like usually like them. Like there's been a lot of times where we even picked up a game and we're like, oh, this looks cool, and they're like, oh, hey, it's by Renegade. <laughs> yeah, because like even like Clip Cut Parks, like it's weird that it comes with scissors, but it was one that I still enjoyed, and I did, I did like it i don't know if i liked it enough to pick up my own copy of it because it does seem like very very kid focused but they have a another kid game it's called slap it and it's kind of like a monster matching game you roll a dice and you slap the monster associated with that dice roll basically so it'll be like the smallest monster the biggest monster it's really simple it's really fun I, I did enjoy it, and it is a kid's game. They they have just such a variety that makes it so easy for anybody to play any game. But that's like, that is Renegade's thing, is that they, they want people to enjoy gaming. Yeah. So, and I did want to mention, because that's kind of like, one. it's one of their bigger games. It's their like North Sea and West Kingdom games 
and they called them like trilogies and they're all like intermingled and i think eventually they're going to come out with like a south and an east one but they focused on i think they started with the west kingdom and then they did a couple games using that theme and then they focused on the north sea kingdom and i think they either just finished that or they're they're finishing it up or something like that before they move on to um the next one i'm not sure what that one is but that's kind of a fun like they have like a whole lore surrounding those games yeah and i haven't seen too many too many things where there's like a bunch of games associated with it if you know what i'm saying like they're all completely separate games that all just kind of fit into this lore that they're slowly building up i think they even have like a tabletop rpg kind of Hmm. in this world too the only other company that i think that they've gone like super heavy into a specific theme but have made a bunch of games is the valeria kingdom games mm-hmm. valeria card kingdoms valeria or like quests for valeria villages of valeria i know they have like five or six different games that's mm-hmm. based in that little world yeah which is cool but yeah i think renegade's like the second company that i've seen do that yeah where they've just invested a lot into one particular lore yeah yeah theme thing um but yeah that's kind of like just a little bit of a look into renegade and i talked about like over the past 16 episodes i think we've talked probably uh, generally like one renegade game almost per episode sort of thing like we've talked about it yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah i am that's all about renegade game studios such a good company. Yeah. All right. So, on to Simon. Simon. Or originally known as Cool Mini or Not. <laughs> I don't know how many people know that or not. The name change was kind of sort of recent. And by recent, I mean like five years by now. But so when we first started getting into board games, they were still cool mini or not. And where that comes from is they originally started as a website where you could post minis and people would vote on whether they thought it was cool or not. <laughs> Literally cool mini or not. Um, and it was kind of like based on like the hot or not like dating sites. Oh, I I i get it okay (laughs) so like people would paint miniatures and post on like this forum like website and people would vote on them and like upvotes or downvotes or whatever on a scale of one to ten how cool is it and stuff like that so that's originally how they started was literal cool mini or not wow a website which the website is actually still up and running like it's still a thing really and fun fact that I actually kept finding everywhere for some reason <laughs> is that they're on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Really? I don't well, know why that's so important, but it's hmm. been on a couple websites when I was looking up stuff about them. But they recently shortened their title to just Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm sure you're familiar. It's like a little box and it's split into fours and it's C-M-O-N. Mm-hmm. But if you're lucky and you can find some of their old stuff, their old logo actually does say cool mini or not. So they are one and the same, but mm-hmm. the logo has just changed. So they actually started back in 2001. Oh, wow. And that's uh, when the website started up. So they've actually been around for a long time 20 years 20 years (laughs) um but they didn't start getting into board games until about like 10 years ago in 2011 okay that's i think that's when like a lot of a lot of them started like a lot of the newer middling publishers started popping up was probably like the 2010s i want to say and then they changed it from Cool Mania or Not to Simon in 2016. Ooh. I feel like it wasn't that long ago, but I f- it kind of sounds right at the same time. But also, it doesn't feel like it's been five years <laughs> ever. So, <laughs> so yeah, you'll 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 see a lot of like their newer logo on everything now. But we actually do have some games with the old logo on it, so that's kind of cool. You're so fancy. So fancy. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, too. They actually have hired Eric Lang, and he is a actually really popular game designer, and now I think he's more so exclusively for Simon, where oh. before he would do like, things for different companies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's that's exciting. Like he he tends to do a lot of the more uh, strategic kind of games, like the really deep, heavy mm-hmm. stuff. So I think he actually had a hand in the dragon or the dragon, <laughs> Bloodborne, the board game. I think he had a hand in that. Um, okay, because I feel the name recent. the name sounds familiar enough that it was probably mm-hmm. either you or I mentioned him. I, I know I've mentioned him a couple times. Um, Mike really likes him, and anytime his name's attached on something, we gotta at least look at it. Because mm-hmm. um, he he designs some really cool uh, mechanics, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much he has in like the the visual design of the game, mm-hmm. but usually his games look really nice too. Mm. So some games that uh, we've talked about for. Simon is uh, 13 Clues and Zombicide. Simon mm-hmm. tends to, I think, with their background of being a website about minis, a lot of their games have minis in them and they're usually fantastic. Like, they're some of the most beautiful, detailed miniatures out there. Uh, they're always made of really good quality. I've never been disappointed with any of their miniatures but with them being heavy into miniatures a lot of their games tend to be more on the expensive side because Mm -hmm. you are paying for all those miniatures they're usually 50 plus dollars and 50 would be really cheap for them yeah i would say so like uh games like arcadia quest zombicide massive darkness Bloodborne that just came out, they did that. Council of Four has miniatures in it. Cthulhu Death May Die is a newer game. Mm. They have 
obviously the Cthulhu mythos and everything, but that's super heavy into the miniatures. Crossmasters Arena, uh, The Others, Rise of Moloch, those two I've talked about before. Uh, one versus many games. One versus many, but are <laughs> many games. Uh, but all of those games, like there's the base game and then they have tons and tons of expansions and each of the expansions have minis in them to add to your game so they're super super mini heavy i think the rising sun is also a minis game and uh, another super popular one by them is a song of ice and fire so it's like game of thrones game of thrones um they do have games that aren't all about miniatures ethnos being one of them which i plan on talking about eventually that's like one of the few that doesn't have miniatures in them and they they do have games that don't have minis in them but typically when i think of simon i think of minis yeah a lot of their games have minis in them and they tend to partner with guillotine games which guillotine games was one that they worked with on zombicide like it's Guillotine Games and Simon, and then I think Rise of Moloch is also Guillotine Games and Simon, so they they partner with them for some of the games. Hmm. Many's many's many's. <laughs> uh, I feel like no, I know I have a friend of mine has I think Crossmasters Arena because we were fascinated by it because I don't know if you've seen it, but they're like little chibis. Yes, and they're just super adorable. Yeah, it is very cute. But I want to say it it had like a French designer or something like that. Or I think it's like really, really big in France or something like that. Because we had a hard time finding... Because I think it, it the base is like a two-player game. And then if you can find more characters, you can start to add more players sort of thing. Or like swap them out. And they became like crazy hard to find because they didn't really bring them over here. They were like, they. I did see quite a bit of them for a little while, but I don't think I've seen any recently. Mm-mm. Um, I yeah. think Crossmasters Arena, like you can find like an actual base game of it, and mm-hmm. I think it does have like four characters in it, maybe. And then you can buy expansion packs that are like twos mm-hmm. yeah and then i think there's also one i think we had one never really learned how to like we kind of learned how to play it but it was just like specifically like a one-on-one and mm-hmm. it came with like its own like foldable like board and it had like the rules and everything on it but it mm-hmm. was just a piece of paper that f- folded up and then uh, it was the board as well yeah so it's not one I was super familiar with, but it is super cute, mm-hmm. and it's more of like a battling kind of Yeah, thing. it's definitely a miniatures game, because mm-hmm. there is like movement and attacks and that sort of, kind of like a light wargaming, but it's very, very light, and I, I yeah. enjoyed it, so... The, the characters are, like, they come pre-painted, I believe. Last I remember, they were pretty brightly colored. I, th- yeah, I think you're right. Which I think is, is slightly uncommon for Simon games. They normally come unpainted yeah. for the most part. I, th- 
I feel like Arcadia Quest was kind of on the same lines, but I think those ones might be unpainted and that you could paint. Mm. But I feel like Arcadia Quest, they were a little bit more on the chibi side too. Like I think mm-hmm. Arcadia Quest and Cross Masters were very similar. No, okay. But I'm don't quote me on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I greatly <laughs> enjoyed the like art style for Cross Masters. That's why my friend got it. Because yeah. specifically because of the art style, so yeah, the reason I bought the one that I did was because I liked the art style and I thought it looked fun. But we just didn't get into it as much as I thought we would, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, but um, a lot of their games are miniature games and they're heavy and strategic mm-hmm. most of the time. They do quite a few co-op. Though. So that's that's what I like about their games is that they're co-op. Do like you like a good co-op they ha- game? They're hard <laughs> and they they hit hard, but at least it's co-op. <laughs> <laughs> you can all lose together. <laughs> yeah, like um, Zombicide and Massive Darkness are two of some of our favorite games. Zombicide, especially like a couple episodes ago, I like rant about it. <laughs> probably like 20 minutes yeah there's so many like we have miniatures for days and it's just simon like yeah only <laughs> also don't be intimidated by the size of the boxes because a lot of the space is the miniatures no and yeah they're they're not usually that complicated of a game it is a little bit of a learning curve because they are heavier and there is more to it than a game that you could easily just pick up and learn in like five to ten minutes. Like, there is time to invest in learning these games, but it's super worth it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Like, especially if you're wanting to get into something that's more strategic and heavier mm-hmm. and people that you are willing to sit for, you know, a couple hours and play through a game. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's something that you're looking for, Simon is definitely the way to yes. go. <laughs> a lot of their games are super fun once you get past that, you know, the intimidation of all the minis at the size of the box. I know we were super intimidated the first time we got Zombicide, but we liked the idea of it so much mm-hmm. because it's... It's a hack and slash kind of game, but there's no like dungeon master or anything. Like the game takes care of everything mm-hmm. that you need to do. So many good games. Mm. <laughs> I really like. I really like Simon. Like we're super big fans. I know we just we backed. Massive Darkness 2 recently on Kickstarter. Massive Darkness is a little clunky, so I were I would say if you're wanting to get if you look up Massive Darkness, I would maybe wait for the second one because I think they've adjusted some of the yeah. rules. Clean cleaned some of them up. Cleaned it up, made it a little less clunky. So we're kind of waiting on that to see how that plays. Mm-hmm. Um Zombicide. They finally did a second edition for the modern Zombicide. Otherwise, they have Black Plague, which is what we have. And we super enjoy because it's like the medieval theme mm-hmm. fantasy kind of thing. 
Um, they came out with Zonazide Invaders, so if you like space. And they just came out with Zombicide Undead or Alive, which is a Western theme. <laughs> so they've got, you know, all the bases covered with that one. Yeah, they really do. Now this, because like I'm fuzzy on Zombicide. Are they all compat- compatible? Like, can you mix and match them a little bit? Or are they generally... You probably could theme wise they'd be all over the place yeah (laughs) so i probably wouldn't but each like theme has plenty of expansion so it's not like you're just stuck with like the base game for each Mm -hmm. any of them yeah because like zombicide black black plague came out with the green horde which is technically its own thing but it's like medieval orcs and goblins and stuff so I would probably put that okay. with Black Plague. Yeah. Um, they came out with one that was like, well, it was fiends and familiars or something like that, and you could actually have like little companions that do things. Oh, cute! With you, but they're like magic based, or like I think one of them is like a flying cat. <laughs> so like that one's more so for Black Plague, and I'm sure the zombie and. Faders has like a bunch of expansions for it, and I'm sure that the Western one's gonna have a bunch of expansions for it. So oh yeah, it's not anything short as far as like replayability. Like there's a crap ton of replayability for the game, mm-hmm. and you probably could mix them, but I, I maybe wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> the game's kind of bonkers big by it by themselves anyway so (laughs) bloodborne i'm excited to play because we've we played dark souls the board game Mm -hmm. and bloodborne is a similar style game but different Mm -hmm. theme and we're interested to see how that one plays versus the dark souls but i think dark souls is made by somebody else Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to see how this one plays since we're familiar with simon and they took hold of this one but we had a stack like almost just half of me of boxes (laughs) from the kickstarter for that oh wow but like i don't know if you're familiar with bloodborne or not but there's like different sections in the game Mm -hmm. and each there's like a box for almost like each section of the game oh wow it's like the video game the main box <laughs> is like the main part of the game, but then uh-huh. there's like expansions that come with the main box that are like more parts of the video game. So okay, it, it's, it's it's weird and it's not something that I've seen before mm-hmm. as far as like board games go. But I feel like it makes sense if you've played the video game. Yeah, so they like really leaned into like the video game aspect. So. Uh, I think I did mention the board game because the Kickstarter was already out by yes, that point, but we recently got, like, finally got, got like, it. the game. Because I know... But we haven't played it yet because, <laughs> like, if you saw the Tower of Boxes... Oh, it's probably so intimidating. <laughs> it is. Like, you, even though I just said don't be intimidated by the size mm-hmm. of, like, the box, mm-hmm. when there's that many boxes... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but I, the base game, it's it's a lot like Zombicide, so it's like tile-based. Oh, so there's so tiles that make up the board game, yeah. and then um, it's cooperative. I'm not entirely sure. Well, I guess in a sense, because board game, or, oh my gosh, my words, <laughs> Bloodborne, <laughs> uh, is a single-player game, but there's certain parts where you can get online and people can come from their games and help you oh. like, fight bosses. The, the bosses, okay. So, but I think the board game is fully cooperative, uh, up to, like, four players, I think. Okay. So that's going to be interesting to see how mm. that works out. But I, I really enjoy... I mostly watched Mike play it, and I played a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed what I played slash saw. Mm-hmm. So I'm interesting to see how that translates into the board game. Mm-hmm. And if it's similar enough to Zombicide, I think we'll pick it up pretty quick. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to finally get that out on the table. Yeah. But we'll start out with the the base game, obviously. So <laughs> yeah. I I don't th- I don't think you have like all of the boxes out at one time. I think like once you beat like a certain section, then you move on to the next, you know, part of the board game. Like you're progressing through the story, kind of thing. So that that's interesting and something I'm looking forward to playing. Yeah. Sure. See on. <laughs> Cool mini or not. Cool mini or not. Go check out their website and vote on some miniatures. Do people still, like, upload to it? I would imagine so. I mean, the the it's still active. I actually went on the website. I didn't look at it too long. Yeah. But I would imagine if it's still up and running that people are still using it. Otherwise, I think they would take it down. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Somebody's still using it, probably. <laughs> So if you if you paint if you do already paint miniatures, check out the original website that started it all. <laughs> and get your minis voted on. I had a lot of fun talking about publishers. Yeah, it was a little bit more just chatty chatty. Yeah. I liked it. Question we ask for all of you guys out there. Is there a mini game that you guys like or enjoy? Like a game that specifically uses minis? Or that you would you like the look of the minis? <laughs> so just let us know. Hit us up on our socials. We are on Facebook at Uncontrollably Fine or on Twitter or Instagram at Uncontroll Fine. Post lots of pretty pictures of the games we talk about on Instagram. But I guess until next time, bye! Bye!